Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. The first time I realized that Jesus took the absolute penalty, punishment, all of it for my sins, that was freedom for me. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. This is the middle of my second week of teaching on a subject that I've entitled Spirit, Soul, and Body. This is the revelation that the Lord used to jumpstart my Christian life. I was born again when I was eight, but when I was 18, I had a miraculous encounter with the Lord, and I knew that God loved me, but I couldn't understand it. It was confusing because I knew I didn't deserve it. And I was struggling until I got this revelation probably about three years after I had that miraculous encounter. And about three years later, I finally began to understand that my spirit was changed. And God is a spirit. John 4, 24 says this, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And because God is a spirit, He sees me in the spirit. And when I got born again, I became a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away and all things became new, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And when I got this revelation, then I understood how I could relate to God. Through the born-again Spirit, He made me a brand new person. He doesn't deal with me based on my physical actions, my thoughts. He's aware of all of those things and He wants me to act right and to think right because it affects how I interact with people and the devil. The devil takes advantage of my wrong actions and my wrong thoughts, but God loves me based on who I am in the Spirit. That revolutionized my life, and that's what I've been teaching about. And for the first two days of this week, I was making the point, some people say, all right, I understand when I got born again, I was created in righteousness and true holiness, Ephesians 4, 24, 1 John 4, uh, 417, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. That's the way I was created when I got born again, but I've sinned and I've lost it, and now what do I do? Well, I showed from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, that once you believe, once you trusted in God, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That means that you are, you are encased, uh, vacuum-packed by the Holy Spirit. And when you sin, that sin enters into your body, it enters into your soul and in your mind, and there will be consequences. Satan will take advantage of you because of it, Romans 6, 16. But it doesn't penetrate the seal around your spirit. So your spirit remains holy and righteous, and it never has to be purged a second time. And yet the average Christian still has the mindset of the Old Testament Christian, or not Christian, but the Old Testament saint, that every time you sinned, you had to bring a sacrifice for that sin. And then there was the Day of Atonement, one day out of every year where, you, where the high priest entered into the holy place and put the blood on the altar to atone for the sins of all of the people. And that had to be done every year. It was done that way for thousands of years. And the average Christian feels that way, that when you got... FORGIVEN, WHEN YOU GOT BORN AGAIN, YOU WERE FORGIVEN uh, UP UNTIL THE POINT THAT YOU GOT SAVED. AND THEN EVERY SIN THAT YOU COMMIT AFTER YOU GET SAVED HAS TO BE CONFESSED AND PUT UNDER THE BLOOD 
OR YOU WILL EITHER LOSE YOUR SALVATION OR LOSE THE BENEFITS OF YOUR SALVATION. THAT'S NOT WHAT THIS SAYS. AND YESTERDAY I USED THE SCRIPTURE OUT OF HEBREWS CHAPTER 9 AND IN VERSE 12. IT'S CONTRASTING THE WAY IT WAS DONE UNDER THE OLD COVENANT AND TRYING TO GET PEOPLE TO MOVE UNDER THE NEW COVENANT. THERE'S A CHANGE THAT TOOK PLACE. AND HERE'S WHAT IT SAYS. NEITHER BY THE BLOOD OF GOATS AND CALVES, BUT BY HIS OWN BLOOD, SPEAKING OF JESUS, HE ENTERED IN ONCE INTO THE HOLY PLACE, HAVING OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION FOR US. MAN, THAT IS SO POWERFUL. I SPENT ALL YESTERDAY ON THE BROADCAST TALKING ABOUT THIS. IF WORDS MEAN ANYTHING, HE ONLY ENTERED IN ONCE INTO THE HOLY PLACE, AND HE OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION, NOT MOMENTARY REDEMPTION UNTIL YOU SIN AND THEN YOU LOSE IT. NO, ETERNAL REDEMPTION. AND HE ONLY entered, ENTERED IN ONCE. JESUS IS NOT REAPPLYING HIS BLOOD. THINK OF IT THIS WAY. HOW MANY PEOPLE GET SAVED ON A DAILY BASIS? I DON'T KNOW, BUT I BET YOU IT'S IN THE MILLIONS. AND HOW MANY CHRISTIANS THAT ARE ALREADY SAVED SIN ON A DAILY BASIS? I'M SURE THAT THAT IS MULTIPLIED MILLIONS, HUNDREDS OF MILLIONS, AND THEY'RE CONFESSING THEIR SINS AND ASKING GOD TO FORGIVE THEIR SINS. IF JESUS WAS HAVING TO MAKE A PHYSICAL ATONEMENT AND PUT HIS BLOOD ON THE ALTAR EVERY TIME SOMEBODY GETS BORN AGAIN OR EVERY TIME SOMEBODY WHO'S ALREADY BEEN BORN AGAIN SINS AND THEN REPENTS AND ASKS GOD TO FORGIVE THEM, IT WOULD BE IMPOSSIBLE TO DO. THE SCRIPTURE SAYS HERE IN HEBREWS CHAPTER 10, THAT HE, IN VERSE uh, 12, BUT THIS MAN, JESUS, AFTER HE HAD OFFERED ONE SACRIFICE FOR SINS FOREVER, SAT DOWN ON THE RIGHT HAND OF GOD. IT'S SIGNIFICANT, THE TERMINOLOGY. JESUS ISN'T WORKING AND CONSTANTLY REAPPLYING HIS BLOOD EVERY TIME SOMEBODY GETS SAVED. NO, HE'S APPLIED IT ONE TIME. ONCE HE ENTERED INTO THE HOLY PLACE AND HE OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION, NOT ONLY FOR THE PEOPLE OF HIS DAY, BUT FOR THE PEOPLE OF OUR DAY, ONCE YOU GET BORN AGAIN, YOUR SINS WERE DEALT WITH PAST, PRESENT, AND EVEN SINS THAT YOU HAVEN'T COMMITTED YET. THEY'VE ALL BEEN PAID FOR. MAN, I SAID A LOT ABOUT THIS YESTERDAY. IF YOU MISSED ANY OF THIS, PLEASE GO GET THE TEACHINGS. IN VERSE 13, IT CONTINUES AND IT SAYS, FOR IF THE BLOOD OF BULLS AND GOATS AND THE ASHES OF AN HEIFER SPRINKLING THE UNCLEAN SANCTIFIETH TO THE PURIFYING OF THE FLESH, HOW MUCH MORE SHALL THE BLOOD OF CHRIST, WHO THROUGH THE ETERNAL SPIRIT OFFERED HIMSELF WITHOUT SPOT TO GOD, PURGE YOUR CONSCIENCE FROM DEAD WORKS TO SERVE THE LIVING GOD? I WROTE A BOOK ON WHO TOLD YOU THAT YOU WERE NAKED, AND THE SUBTITLE OF THAT IS A STUDY IN THE CONSCIENCE. AND I USED THESE EXACT VERSES THAT ONE OF THE DIFFERENCES BETWEEN THE OLD COVENANT AND THE NEW COVENANT, THERE'S MANY, BUT ONE OF THEM IS, THAT THE PERSON UNDER THE OLD COVENANT COULD NEVER GET THEIR CONSCIENCE PURGED. IT SAYS THAT RIGHT HERE IN HEBREWS CHAPTER 9. IN VERSE 9 IT SAYS, WHICH WAS A FIGURE FOR THE TIME THEN PRESENT IN WHICH WERE OFFERED BOTH GIFTS AND SACRIFICES THAT COULD NOT MAKE HIM THAT DID THE SERVICE PERFECT AS PERTAINING TO THE CONSCIENCE. BUT UNDER THE NEW CONSCIENCE, the, uh, UNDER THE NEW COVENANT, THE BLOOD OF THE LORD JESUS CHRIST PURGES OUR CONSCIENCE FROM DEAD WORKS SO THAT WE CAN SERVE THE LIVING GOD. IF YOUR CONSCIENCE ISN'T PURGED FROM DEAD WORKS, THEN YOU CAN'T SERVE THE LIVING GOD. IF YOU ARE STILL FEELING LIKE EVERY TIME YOU SIN THAT YOU HAVE A NEW OFFENSE BETWEEN YOU AND GOD, HOW COULD GOD LOVE YOU? YOU'LL NEVER BE EFFECTIVE SERVING GOD. YOU KNOW, MY SISTER, SHE WAS NINE YEARS OLDER THAN ME, AND SHE'S NOW GONE TO BE WITH JESUS. 
And, uh, but when she was younger, she had a daughter that would have tried the patience of a saint. I mean, this daughter was uh, a, a pain. And that's saying, saying it nicely. And anyway, my sister was fixing supper one time. Her husband was a professor at Oklahoma Baptist University, and he was bringing home a friend of his from the university, and so she had company coming. She was fixing supper, and my niece just got on her last nerve, and she was pushing all of the buttons, and my sister Joyce, who was a very godly lady, I mean, she loved God. She went into prisons for, I don't know, decades, led hundreds, maybe thousands of people to the Lord, and and she just loved God. She was a great lady. But her daughter just pushed the wrong button, and my sister hauled off and hit her, knocked her to the ground. And as soon as she did it, she, was, she felt so terrible. She ran upstairs. She threw herself across the bed, and she still had food that was cooking. She had company coming for supper, and she just cried out, and she says, God, I've got to have help. She says, if I start crying, I won't come out of here until tomorrow morning. I'm so sorry for what I did. And she just said, help, how can, I, how can I deal with this? And you know what the Lord told her? He said, Joyce, he says, when you were eight years old and you received my forgiveness, I dealt with this sin. I knew it would happen. I've already dealt with it. This is not a new infraction between you and me. You're forgiven. You can get up and go on. And that allowed her to be able to pull herself together, and she went down and finished cooking and had the company come over and stuff. Now, what that did not do is empower her to say, well, man, since God's already seen this and He's forgiven me, I can just beat my daughter anytime I want to. So she didn't go down and start beating on her daughter. It empowered her to be able to pull herself together to feel that God still loved her, and she went down and repented to her daughter and asked forgiveness for hitting her, and then she went on. Man, that's a great example. But see, if you don't understand this, and every time you do something wrong, you think, oh, God, I, I committed my life to you, and here I did something that was completely contrary to what I said, God, and you feel like you've got to do penance, and you've got to do something, uh, you, you can't just go back into the presence of God as if nothing had ever happened, and so you've got to suffer for a week or 10 days or whatever until you feel like you've paid your penance. You know, I actually had a man come to my service in uh, Dallas one time, and this man pulled up his sleeves. He rolled up his sleeves and then his pants leg, and he showed me his knees and his hands and his elbows, and he had scars just all over him. And it was from when he was a Catholic. This was a Mexican. And when he was in Mexico, he actually crawled three miles over broken pieces of glass to do penance. There are some people that during the Lent week actually crucify themselves, usually not to the point of death, but they will literally suffer tremendously thinking that somehow or another their suffering makes them acceptable with God. That does just the opposite. It's actually an offense to God. That's saying that what Jesus paid isn't enough, I also have to suffer. And I tell you, that is offensive to God. Doing all of these things where through Lent you deny yourself and you don't eat certain things. Now, if you want to fast 
TO DISCIPLINE YOURSELF AND TO DENY YOUR BODY AND TO BRING IT UNDER SUBJECTION, THAT IS THE RIGHT USE OF A FAST. BUT IF YOU ARE FASTING TO MAKE YOURSELF pitiful, PITIFUL AND TO SUFFER SO THAT, OH, GOD, I'VE SUFFERED, NOW WILL YOU MOVE? NO, THAT WON'T WORK. THAT'S ACTUALLY AN OFFENSE AGAINST GOD BECAUSE YOU'RE SAYING WHAT JESUS DID ISN'T ENOUGH. I'VE GOT TO ADD TO IT MY SUFFERING, MY EFFORT. THAT IS COMPLETELY CONTRARY TO THE GRACE OF GOD. BUT THIS IS SAYING THAT YOU HAVE TO PURGE YOURSELF FROM THESE DEAD WORKS AND GET YOUR CONSCIENCE TO WHERE YOU ARE INSTEAD OF FEELING LIKE YOU HAVE TO ATONE FOR YOUR SINS, THAT JESUS DID IT. AND HOW DOES THAT HAPPEN? BECAUSE HE ENTERED IN ONCE INTO THE HOLY PLACE, HAVING OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION FOR YOU. YOUR SINS, PAST, PRESENT, AND FUTURE HAVE ALREADY BEEN FORGIVEN AND DEALT WITH IF YOU ACCEPT JESUS AS YOUR PERSONAL LORD AND SAVIOR. THEN IN THE NEXT VERSE IT SAYS, AND FOR THIS CAUSE HE, JESUS, IS THE MEDIATOR OF THE NEW TESTAMENT THAT BY MEANS OF DEATH FOR THE REDEMPTION OF THE TRANSGRESSIONS THAT WERE UNDER THE FIRST TESTAMENT, THEY WHICH ARE CALLED MIGHT RECEIVE THE PROMISE OF ETERNAL INHERITANCE. SO IN VERSE 12, IT SAYS HE ENTERED IN ONCE INTO THE HOLY PLACE. HE OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION. VERSE 15 SAYS THAT HE OBTAINED ETERNAL INHERITANCE FOR US. WHAT PART OF ETERNAL DO WE NOT UNDERSTAND? WHY DO WE JUST... WHEN THE SCRIPTURE SAYS THAT HE he OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION, AND IN EPHESIANS CHAPTER 1, I BELIEVE IT'S VERSE 7, AND ALSO COLOSSIANS CHAPTER 1, I FORGET WHAT VERSE, IT'S THE EXACT SAME THING. IT SAYS WE HAVE REDEMPTION. THAT IS THE FORGIVENESS OF OUR SINS. SO WHEN IT SAYS HE OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION, HE OBTAINED ETERNAL FORGIVENESS OF SINS FOR US. NOT JUST FORGIVENESS UNTIL THE NEXT TIME WE SIN AND THEN WE GOT TO REPENT AND GET IT UNDER THE BLOOD, BUT HE OBTAINED ETERNAL FORGIVENESS OF SINS. EVEN THE SINS THAT YOU HAVEN'T COMMITTED HAVE ALREADY BEEN PAID FOR. YOU HAVE ETERNAL REDEMPTION AND ETERNAL INHERITANCE. NOT MOMENTARY, BUT ETERNAL REDEMPTION. IF THIS IS ONLY TALKING ABOUT THAT THE SINS UP UNTIL THE TIME YOU GOT BORN AGAIN WERE FORGIVEN, BUT THEN ALL OF THE SINS IN THE FUTURE, YOU HAVE TO GET THOSE THINGS UNDER THE BLOOD AND GET THEM FORGIVEN. WELL, THEN LET ME ASK YOU, WHAT WOULD HAPPEN IF YOU DIE AND YOU DIDN'T HAVE A SIN CONFESSED? IT SAYS THAT NOTHING UNHOLY CAN ENTER INTO HEAVEN. SO DOES THIS MEAN THAT YOU CAN'T GO TO HEAVEN? HOW how DOES THIS WORK? AGAIN, IT'S IMPOSSIBLE FOR YOU TO LIVE A COMPLETELY SINLESS LIFE. NOW, THERE ARE SOME PEOPLE THAT WILL PREACH THAT, BUT WHEN THEY DO, THEY HAVE TO START MAKING SIN THEIR LIST OF CERTAIN THINGS. BUT IF YOU GO WITH WHAT THE BIBLE SAYS, DID YOU KNOW THAT THE BIBLE TALKS ABOUT THAT YOU SIN IN YOUR ATTITUDE? JESUS SAID IF YOU LUST AFTER A WOMAN, IT'S THE SAME AS IF YOU'VE COMMITTED ADULTERY. IF YOU HATE A PERSON IN YOUR HEART, IT'S THE SAME AS IF YOU'VE MURDERED AND ON AND ON IT GOES. SO SIN ISN'T ONLY THE PHYSICAL ACTS THAT WE COMMIT, BUT IT'S THE uh, MENTAL, EMOTIONAL SINS THAT WE COMMIT, AND THERE'S ALSO SINS OF OMISSION. IN OTHER WORDS, THE SCRIPTURE SAYS IN EPHESIANS CHAPTER 5 THAT THE HUSBAND IS SUPPOSED TO LOVE HIS WIFE AS CHRIST LOVED THE CHURCH. IS THERE ANY MAN WATCHING THIS PROGRAM WHO WOULD BELIEVE THAT YOU LOVE YOUR WIFE AND TREAT HER AS WELL AS CHRIST TREATS THE CHURCH. NOW, YOU MAY DO BETTER THAN I DO. YOU MAY DO BETTER THAN YOU'VE DONE IN THE PAST. YOU MAY BE MOVING IN THAT DIRECTION, BUT ARE YOU PERFECT? ARE YOU... uh, JESUS IS PERFECT TOWARDS US. HIS LOVE TOWARDS US IS 
perfect. He never, never has a flesh flash. He never gets out in the flesh and just starts blasting people and then has to come back. Is there anybody watching this who would dare to say that you believe that you're perfect in your relationship to your wife? And it says that the wife is supposed to reverence her husband the same way that the church reverences Christ. There may be some of you ladies who are doing better than, you know, my wife, maybe doing better than somebody else. You might be doing better than anybody you know, but are you proud enough? Are you arrogant enough to think that you do it perfectly and that you couldn't be better? Well, I can guarantee you Jesus wants us to reverence Him, and, and it's supposed to be done with perfection. So even if you aren't out robbing and murdering and plundering and doing things like this, but if you aren't the perfect husband, the perfect wife, the perfect parent, if you never make a mistake, unless you never make a mistake, you need to understand that you have eternal REDEMPTION. AND THOSE SINS THAT YOU HAVEN'T EVEN COMMITTED HAVE ALREADY BEEN DEALT WITH, ALL OF YOUR WEAKNESSES AND FAILURES. GOD IS DEALING WITH YOU JUST AS IF YOU'D NEVER SINNED. THAT'S MY LITTLE LAYMAN'S DEFINITION OF THE WORD JUSTIFIED, JUST AS IF I'D NEVER SINNED. AND THAT'S THE WAY THAT GOD DEALS WITH ME BECAUSE JOHN 4, 24, GOD IS A SPIRIT, AND THOSE WHO WORSHIP HIM MUST WORSHIP HIM IN SPIRIT AND IN TRUTH. HE'S LOOKING AT YOUR SPIRIT. IF YOU'RE BORN AGAIN, IF YOU'VE MADE HIM YOUR LORD AND YOU BECOME A NEW CREATURE IN CHRIST JESUS, THEN YOUR SPIRIT IS PERFECT. IT WAS CREATED IN RIGHTEOUSNESS AND TRUE HOLINESS. IT WAS SEALED BY THE HOLY SPIRIT. AND WHEN YOU SIN AS A CHRISTIAN, IT MAY ENTER INTO YOUR BODY AND INTO YOUR MIND, YOUR MENTAL, EMOTIONAL PART, WHERE IT CAUSES PROBLEMS, CONDEMNATION, SICKNESS, AND THINGS, BUT IT DOESN'T PENETRATE THE SEAL AROUND YOUR SPIRIT. YOUR SPIRIT REMAINS HOLY. GOD IS A SPIRIT. HE'S LOOKING AT YOU IN THE SPIRIT, AND HE SEES YOU PERFECT EVEN WHEN YOU IN YOUR ACTIONS AREN'T PERFECT. MAN, THAT'S AWESOME. HE, was, he ENTERED IN ONCE AND OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION AND ETERNAL INHERITANCE. AND HE JUST GOES ON AND KEEPS SAYING THESE SAME THINGS ALL THE WAY THROUGH CHAPTER 9. I'M JUST GOING TO PICK SOME OF THESE THINGS TO READ TO YOU, BUT IN HEBREWS CHAPTER 9 AND VERSE 24, IT SAYS, FOR CHRIST IS NOT ENTERED INTO THE HOLY PLACES MADE WITH HANDS, WHICH ARE THE FIGURES OF THE TRUE, BUT INTO HEAVEN ITSELF, NOW TO APPEAR IN THE PRESENCE OF GOD FOR US, NOR YET THAT HE SHOULD OFFER HIMSELF OFTEN AS THE HIGH PRIEST ENTERETH INTO THE HOLY PLACE EVERY YEAR WITH THE BLOOD OF OTHERS. SEE, THIS IS EXACTLY THE POINT THAT I'VE BEEN MAKING ALL WEEK LONG. HEBREWS CHAPTER 9 IS TO SHOW YOU THAT UNDER THE OLD COVENANT, EVERY TIME YOU SINNED, THERE HAD TO BE A NEW OFFERING FOR YOUR SIN, AND THEN THERE WAS A DAY OF ATONEMENT TO COVER EVERYTHING THAT YOU DIDN'T DO uh, ONCE A YEAR. AND SO THE HIGH PRIEST ENTERED IN EVERY YEAR MAKING THIS DAY OF ATONEMENT. BUT IN VERSE 25, IT SAYS, NOR YET THAT HE SHOULD OFFER HIMSELF OFTEN AS THE HIGH PRIEST ENTERETH INTO THE HOLY PLACE EVERY YEAR WITH THE BLOOD OF OTHERS, FOR THEN MUST HE OFTEN HAVE SUFFERED SINCE THE FOUNDATION OF THE WORLD. BUT NOW, ONCE, AND AGAIN, THE EMPHASIS IS ON ONCE. THERE'S FIVE DIFFERENT TIMES IN JUST A FEW VERSES HERE WHERE HE'S CONTRASTING THE OLD COVENANT. EVERY TIME YOU SIN, THERE HAD TO BE MULTIPLE SACRIFICES. BUT JESUS, ONE SACRIFICE, ONE SACRIFICE, THE SACRIFICE THAT JESUS MADE 2,000 YEARS AGO ON THE CROSS IN JERUSALEM, PAID FOR YOUR SINS AND MY SINS IN ADVANCE. AND EVEN THE SINS THAT WE HAVEN'T COMMITTED YET HAVE ALREADY BEEN FORGIVEN. 
NOW THAT DOESN'T MEAN THAT SIN DOESN'T HAVE CONSEQUENCE BECAUSE ROMANS 6.16 SAYS THAT SATAN HAS ACCESS TO YOU WHEN YOU SIN. SO YOU DON'T WANT TO SIN BECAUSE IT GIVES SATAN ACCESS TO YOU. I'M NOT SAYING THAT SIN IS SOMETHING WE CAN JUST NOW FORGET BECAUSE JESUS HAS PAID FOR IT. IT'S JUST THE OPPOSITE. THAT IF YOU TRULY ACCEPT THE FORGIVENESS THAT JESUS HAS GIVEN, IT MAKES YOU SO THANKFUL. YOU WILL LOVE GOD SO MUCH WHEN YOU UNDERSTAND THAT GOD FORGAVE YOU BEFORE YOU EVEN ASKED. NOW, IF YOU DON'T ASK AND RECEIVE, THEN HIS ATONEMENT WILL GO FOR NAUGHT BECAUSE YOU HAVE TO, YOU HAVE TO SAY AMEN TO HIS YES, WHAT HE'S DONE. IT SAYS IN EPHESIANS CHAPTER 2, VERSE 8, FOR BY GRACE ARE YOU SAVED THROUGH FAITH. GRACE IS GOD'S PART. FAITH IS YOUR PART. BUT WHEN YOU SAY AMEN AND YOU RECEIVE WHAT HE'S DONE, WELL, THEN THAT SALVATION THAT HE PROVIDED 2,000 YEARS AGO COMES TO PASS IN YOUR LIFE. AND ONCE YOU UNDERSTAND THIS, THAT IT HAS... You, YOUR SINS HAVE BEEN DEALT WITH IN THE SPIRIT, MAN. YOU ARE A BRAND-NEW CREATION. YOU ARE SEALED WITH THE HOLY SPIRIT. SIN MIGHT GIVE SATAN AN INROAD INTO YOUR BODY AND INTO YOUR MIND, BUT NOT INTO YOUR SPIRIT. GOD IS A SPIRIT. GOD SEES YOU IN THE SPIRIT. ONCE YOU UNDERSTAND THIS, IT WILL MAKE YOU WANT TO LOVE GOD AND SERVE HIM SO MUCH THAT YOU WILL LIVE HOLIER ACCIDENTALLY THAN YOU EVER HAVE ON PURPOSE BEFORE. MAN, THAT IS AN AWESOME, AWESOME TRUTH. AND SO IT SAYS AGAIN IN VERSE 26, THEN MUST HE OFTEN HAVE SUFFERED SINCE THE FOUNDATION OF THE WORLD, BUT NOW ONCE IN THE END OF THE WORLD HATH HE APPEARED TO PUT AWAY SIN BY THE SACRIFICE OF HIMSELF, AND AS IT IS APPOINTED UNTO MAN ONCE TO DIE, BUT AFTER THAT THE JUDGMENT, SO CHRIST WAS ONCE OFFERED TO BEAR THE SINS OF MANY, AND UNTO THEM THAT LOOK FOR HIM SHALL HE APPEAR THE SECOND TIME WITHOUT SIN UNTO SALVATION. JESUS ONLY DIED ONE TIME FOR THE SINS OF THE ENTIRE HUMAN RACE. YOU DO NOT HAVE TO GET REFORGIVEN EVERY TIME YOU FAIL. JESUS TOOK ALL OF OUR SIN, ALL OF IT, NOT ONLY MY SIN INDIVIDUALLY, YOUR SIN INDIVIDUALLY, BUT THE SIN OF THE HUMAN RACE. ALL OF THE SIN OF EVERY PERSON. DID YOU KNOW EVERY MASS MURDERER, YOU COULD TALK ABOUT POL POT, YOU COULD TALK ABOUT uh, HITLER, YOU CAN TALK ABOUT STALIN, YOU CAN TALK ABOUT ANYBODY, uh, GENGHIS KHAN, uh, ALL OF THE PEOPLE, ALL OF THE MURDERERS, EVERY PERVERTED THING, EVERY VILE SIN THAT HAS EVER HAPPENED ON THIS PLANET FROM TIME PAST TO TIME FUTURE, JESUS TOOK ALL OF THAT SIN INTO HIS OWN BODY ON THE TREE THAT WE BEING DEAD TO SIN SHOULD LIVE UNTO RIGHTEOUSNESS BY WHOSE STRIPES WE WERE HEALED, 1 PETER 2.24. JESUS BECAME SIN FOR US, 2 CORINTHIANS 5.21. HE DIDN'T JUST TASTE SIN, HE BECAME SIN. HE BORE THE SIN OF THE ENTIRE HUMAN RACE, EVEN THE PEOPLE WHO DON'T ACCEPT HIM. HE PAID FOR THEIR SINS. NOW, IF THEY DON'T ACCEPT THAT PAYMENT, WELL, THEN THEY WILL HAVE TO ANSWER FOR THEIR OWN, BUT THE PAYMENT HAS ALREADY BEEN MADE. AND IF YOU UNDERSTAND THIS, IT JUST CHANGES EVERYTHING. BASICALLY, THE CHURCH IS SAYING, WELL, JESUS PAID FOR YOUR SINS UP UNTIL A POINT, AND THEN EVERY TIME YOU SIN, YOU GOT TO GET IT CONFESSED. YOU GOT TO DO ALL THESE THINGS. IF SALVATION WAS DEPENDENT UPON YOU CONFESSING EVERY SIN, NOBODY WOULD EVER BE SAVED. I'VE GOT MORE TO SHARE ON THAT, BUT I'VE GOT TO DO IT TOMORROW. THIS IS MY BOOK ON SPIRIT, SOUL, AND BODY, AND I PROMISE YOU THIS WOULD TRANSFORM YOUR LIFE. IF IT DOES ANYTHING FOR YOU LIKE IT'S DONE FOR ME, 
THIS WOULD JUST TOTALLY TRANSFORM YOU. SO I ENCOURAGE YOU TO GET THE BOOK. I'VE GOT IT IN SPANISH. I'VE GOT STUDY GUIDES. I'VE GOT CD'S. I'VE GOT DVD'S. I'VE GOT AN AUDIO BOOK. AND I ALSO HAVE THIS LITTLE ILLUSTRATED SPIRIT, SOUL, AND BODY. LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER AND PLEASE CALL OR WRITE TODAY. WELCOME TO THE AWM MINUTE, A SMALL GLIMPSE OF HOW YOUR PARTNERSHIP WITH ANDREW WOMACK MINISTRIES AND Karis BIBLE COLLEGE IS EQUIPPING PEOPLE TO TAKE THE GOSPEL MESSAGE TO THE ENDS OF THE EARTH. PEOPLE LIKE JOHN, WHO AFTER GRADUATING Karis IN 2001, FELT THE CALL TO NEPAL AND MOVED THERE WITH HIS WIFE AND THREE SMALL CHILDREN TO HELP SHARE THE GOSPEL WITH THOSE CAUGHT IN DEADLY RELIGION, LEADING TEAMS INTO THE MOUNTAINS TO REACH THOSE OTHERS SIMPLY CANNOT. It takes a long time to develop relationships with the villagers, but there's other tools that we use also to not only develop relationships, but to be able to explain the gospel to them in a very cultural manner, that he loves them, and he's got this free gift of grace and forgiveness for each one of them if they just would believe and forsake their other foreign gods. To see the full destiny story of John and Elena, visit awmi.net today. Andrew's complete teaching titled Spirit, Soul, and Body is available in a CD as seen on TV DVD or in a live DVD album as well as a book, audiobook, or study guide. Also available is the Spirit, Soul, and Body Illustrated DVD. This unique DVD illustrates the main points of the entire teaching in a few short minutes. This exciting tool makes it easy to introduce Andrew's foundational teaching to anyone, even a child. Andrew himself has been amazed at how quickly and clearly this teaching can be brought to life through animation. You can get these products in the Spirit, Soul, and Body package. This package includes the CD or DVD album, the book, audiobook, study guide, as well as the Spirit, Soul, and Body Illustrated DVD. This package has a catalog value of $110, but you can get it today for only $79. The Spirit, Soul, and Body book is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this book free of charge. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of November, Andrew will be in India via livecast. Please note this special live cast event is only accessible at the RNR Auditorium in Hyderabad, Telangana. Then Andrew will be in Woodland Park, Colorado to host Handel's Messiah performed by the Colorado Springs Chorale. In December, Andrew will again be in Woodland Park to host the musical production The Heart of Christmas. 
The Heart of Christmas is an unforgettable mix of modern day and biblical stories with heartwarming, familiar seasonal songs and American traditions that represent the true meaning of the season. Then in January, start off the year by joining Andrew in Glendale, Arizona for the Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference. Pastor Jerome Fernando will be joining Andrew as a guest speaker at this event. And in February, Andrew will be speaking in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Then he'll be in Orlando, Florida for a Gospel Truth Conference with guest speaker Greg Fritz. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net.